Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, as always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. If you haven't already, snag your uh, free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Great little study guide uh, if you're looking to brush up on your skills. Remember a few things, uh, or if you're preparing for board exams, pharmacology finals, things like that. Just great refreshers uh, of things that commonly come up in practice uh, and things that you may see uh, come up on exams as well. So the drug of the day today is aripiprazole. A brand name of this medication is Abilify. This medication is classified as an antipsychotic. Now, any drug typically that's classified as an antipsychotic is going to um, have activity on dopamine receptors. Now, Abilify or aripiprazole is a, a slightly different. Uh, in that it isn't quite as strong of a dopamine-blocking agent at that D2 receptor as some of the other uh, classically known antipsychotics, such as, you know, haloperidol or risperidone. Um, It's more of a a partial agonist, so that, that mild stimulation, but it also blocks the dopamine 2 receptor from being basically fully agonized or fully stimulated. And so if you remember um, from, um, you know, pathophysiology and things like that, excessive dopamine is typically thought to be a significant component of causing symptoms of schizophrenia, hallucinations, delusions, things of that nature. So by, you know, blocking, reducing the activity of dopamine, um, it makes sense that it could potentially um, help those uh, type of, of diagnoses. Uh, in addition to that partial agonist at the, the D2 receptor, uh, it's got some action uh, on serotonin reuptake potentially, um, milder antihistamine type effect, um, also milder alpha blocking effect compared to some other um, antipsychotics. And, and we'll kind of touch on that a little bit in the adverse effect profile where it maybe differs from some of the other antipsychotics. So uses. Um, In clinical practice, I've certainly seen it for things like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, where we've got, you know, those hallucinations, delusions, a lot of those positive symptoms associated with uh, schizophrenia, for example. Um, In addition, uh, you may see other uh, off-label uses uh, and it can be used in augmentation of depression. And this is definitely, definitely something I have seen uh, in clinical practice for sure. Uh, dosage form, so it certainly comes as, as an oral agent, um, taking it by mouth there. Um, but there was one particular I wanted to mention. There is an extended release formulation, um, which, you know, sometimes in our uh, schizophrenia, bipolar population, 
um, patient adherence to oral medications can be challenging. So uh, we do have that option of having a longer acting uh, agent where we only have to do uh, potentially a, a every month in long acting injection. Now, I do want to uh, remind folks if you're using a long acting injectable agent, typically for the majority of them, we're going to want to prove tolerability first. And so we're want we're going to want to give and in the case of Abilify, we're going to want to give um, some of that oral medication first to prove that the uh, patient is actually going to tolerate it because, you know, I think it's pretty obvious that you wouldn't want to uh, give a long-acting injectable medication that has a half-life of, you know, 30 to upwards of 45, 50 days uh, in somebody that we don't necessarily know that they're going to tolerate it or not. Okay, so that could be a, a, a pretty significant situation where that patient um, is getting an intolerable drug and there's nothing we can do about it and they're getting it for a very, very long period of time. So definitely not a good situation. Um, and in the case of aripiprazole, uh, definitely a good example of a drug where we you know, want to try to prove that they're going to tolerate those oral doses um, before we go to some of those longer acting agents or dosage forms. Uh, the boxed warnings, I think I've covered previously with other antipsychotics and things. Um, increased risk of, of death in patients with uh, dementia-related uh, psychosis and things like that. Um, suicidality risk is in the um, package insert, so it does have antidepressant activity. Um, so I, I've talked about that a little bit in um, you know some of the SSRIs and other podcasts too, so I won't go into further detail there. All right, adverse effect profile. This is pretty important and definitely things that have, um, in my experience, come up on pharmacology exams, board exams, things like that, especially if you're getting down into the details of comparing one antipsychotic versus another antipsychotic. So in general, antipsychotics, they can cause you know extra pyramidal symptoms. That's a movement disorder, uh, adverse effects, uh, weight gain, QT. QTC prolongation, uh, elevations in prolactin levels, hypotension, uh, can have some anticholinergic effects, uh, sedation as well, uh, akathisia is, is potentially an adverse effect too. Um, with the majority, I would say, of those adverse effects, aripiprazole tends to be pretty low on the um, scale of, of how uh, significant those adverse effects. So EPS generally isn't terrible, but can still happen. Um, you know, weight gain, metabolic syndrome things, uh, aripiprazole is nowhere near uh, the risk of a medication like uh, clozapine or lanzapine, for example. Uh, elevations in, in prolactin, again, aripiprazole, pretty good um, on the lower end of things as far as that goes um, compared to a drug like risperidone, which is uh, very, very high. Uh, doesn't have a ton of effects on alpha blocking. Um, it's got mild activity there, but again, in comparison to some of the other agents, uh, let's say like a quetiapine, for example, um, it, it doesn't cause orthostasis quite as much uh, as some of the other antipsychotics. And sedation, aripiprazole tends to be pretty good with that too, um, compared to uh, other agents, so relatively uh, lower risk. Again, these things can happen, 
um, but aripiprazole tends to be uh, lower risk for a, a lot of those. Uh, now, the one adverse effect that, that definitely is probably more common with aripiprazole is akathisia. And, you know, it, it's kind of a little bit challenging to, to explain because it is kind of a subjective uh, symptom. Um, I, I've had patients kind of describe it as uh, restlessness or they, you know, can't sit still. And it may be um, visibly noticeable, like you may see, uh, you know, they're fidgety or jittery or, you know, they, they just can't sit still, um, tw- you, know, you know, fidgety, that type of thing. Um, but some patients can just feel that on the inside and, and they just re- report that, that they, they just feel like they're, you know, crawling out of their skin, but visually looking at them, you you might not be able to see that. So definitely something really, really important to um, ask about. And most patients, I think, will tell you about it if they're feeling like they um, just can't sit still and are extremely restless on the inside. So uh, that's definitely one adverse effect that does come up with uh, aripiprazole, probably more so uh, than some of the others there. All right, let's uh, talk briefly here about kinetics because this is going to kind of play into drug interactions. Uh, So metabolic pathways, um, 2D6, CYP2D6, and CYP3A4. And of course, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about those as far as drug interactions go. But um, if, you know, you are in a setting where there is genetic testing and things like that available, if you've got a poor metabolizer, um, they're going to potentially be more exposed to drug and have aripiprazole at higher concentrations. And as we know, as we get to higher concentrations, generally that risk for uh, adverse effects and, and problems goes up there. So uh, just something to think about, uh, particularly if, if genetic testing is, is available and done uh, wherever you work. Um, patients may be a little bit more at risk if they're poor metabolizers at those enzymes. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Uh, in addition to study materials, uh, we've got books which make great gifts for you know pharmacy students, med students, nursing students. Uh, just I try to teach a lot of real-world things uh, within those books. Uh, in addition, if you've got dietitian friends, uh, a couple of, of recently uh released books, one involving drug-food interactions, so that's more of a uh, reference-based guide based upon the drug uh, and allows uh, you to kind of look up each drug individually and uh, identify if there's any uh, drug diet considerations or, or concerns. So uh, again, all those links, meded101.com slash store, um, great resources and, and a growing list of resources uh, for all different types of uh, healthcare folks there. All right, so let's finish up on those drug interactions. So I mentioned 2D6 and 3A4. So 2D6 inhibitors, uh, classic examples, paroxetine, uh, bupropion. And if you think about that, uh, you know, particularly with uh, an SSRI, you may see uh, aripiprazole added as augmentation for depression. So there's definitely potential that it could be used together with a drug like paroxetine, for example. And in that case, paroxetine being a CYP2D6 inhibitor, that's going to increase concentrations of that aripiprazole and obviously with that uh, adverse effects. Uh, CYP3A4 inhibitors, CYP3A4 inducers. So the inhibitors 
likely to uh, raise concentrations. Uh, Diltiazem, uh, grapefruit juice, uh, fluconazole, those are some classic examples of inhibitors, uh, inducers, you know, a drug like uh, uh, carbamazepine, for example, there. Um, those drugs can alter those concentrations of, of Abilify, depending upon whether it's an inhibitor uh, or an inducer. A few other kind of generalized um, drug interactions. So uh, CNS depressant effects, so, you know, alcohol, opioids, benzos, um, could potentially have added effects with aripiprazole. But again, aripiprazole is generally not uh, near as sedating as some of the other antipsychotics. So, you know, comparing it to something like quetiapine, uh, aripiprazole uh, tends to be uh, much more on the uh, neutral to activating side compared to sedating. But uh, it is important to remember and, and think about for sure. Uh, dopamine agonists, so drugs used for RLS, for Parkinson's disease, um, remember that yin-yang of, you know, dopamine blocking activity and, you know, giving a dopamine agonist, those two are kind of going to oppose each other and potentially, you know, reduce the effectiveness of how each of those drugs is working. So again, kind of that opposition type effect. Uh, and then, you know, I, I did throw in there as well, um, diabetes medications, there is potential, there is, uh, you know, slight risk for metabolic syndrome, you know, increase in blood sugars, things like that with uh, antipsychotics as a whole. Again, aripiprazole tends to be lower on that scale than, you know, some of the others like clozapine or olanzapine, um, but certainly there there is that risk that it could uh, oppose the benefit of what we're trying to do potentially uh, with diabetes medications. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, that's greatly appreciated. Uh, share us with friends, colleagues, uh, classmates, students, uh, whoever you're working with. Um, help them learn medications better and, and uh, enjoy the uh, great free refresher sponsored by meded101.com. Uh, again, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Subscribe to our list there uh, and get that free 31-page uh, uh, PDF. We'll send you updates when we've got new content available, uh, new podcasts available is uh, primarily what we do uh, with our uh, email list there. All right, well, I am going to sign off. You can track me down at LinkedIn, uh, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. Uh, also, mededucation101 at gmail.com. And uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, definitely don't uh, hesitate to, to reach out there. So, again, thank you so much for listening, and uh, take care. Have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.